This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I feel like preaching. Right? Somebody, somebody said, Pastor, uh, why are you calmer sometimes? I said, well, if you don't throw any fuel on the fire, it burns slower. Come on. And uh, so it's up to you. You got your amens with you? Amen. All right. First Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse number 8 is where we're going to start this week. We, we got down to this point last week. It says, Goliath stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? And why are you doing this? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man, or the word here would probably be better, choose a champion. Have your champion come out, and I'll fight him. Come down to me, he says. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. The law of the champion. The champion takes the place of the whole battle. The champion that wins is the champion who, who his, the people that stand with him walk in victory. Now I'm thankful that we know who our champion is. Can I get an amen for that? Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. We would probably say it more like this today. This day I spit on you. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Notice verse 11. This is important. And on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and who? All. Who? All. All the Israelites, notice these two words, were dismayed and terrified. They were dismayed and terrified. Father, as I attempt to bring this message today, Lord, let a fire begin to burn inside of my heart that can be caught by these, your children. Lord, there's a passage here that we need to begin to walk in. There's a truth that we need to begin to understand. And Lord, I thank you that you are our champion. Help us to become all that you want us to be in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. You know, I think the problem with many scriptures is this is that the enemy has a tactic against the Word of God that we uh, play into. And what I mean by that is this. He, he makes a powerful truth. He makes it into a such a common thing that we become so casual with these powerful truths that we don't really uh, celebrate what it means. John 3.16 would be one of those. You see it on stadiums. You see it in uh, baseball, football, basketball. You see it in all different racing uh, places. You see it all different places. And, and I think some people see John 3.16, but the problem is we're assuming that they know that we're talking about the Word of God. We're assuming that they understand that we're talking about the book of John, the third chapter, the 16th verse. But the problem is that for them, they may not even know what that means. 
They don't understand the power of that passage because it's become common to them to see it as it's just part of sports culture. It's just something to be expected. And, and they see that and they log that as some kind of Christian thing maybe or something. Because the thing is, a lot of times we see things and we want to act like we know what they mean, but sometimes we don't know what they mean. I'll never forget we had a preacher preaching here one night and it was back a few years ago when everybody was posting on their cars all that 13.1. Anybody remember those? Anybody ever post one of those 13.1 stickers on your car? How many don't have a clue what I'm talking about? Well, I, I wish I didn't either, but I do. But 13.1 means, you know, you, you run that uh, half marathon and, and, and uh, or you've got the whatever you run, the 5Ks. And, and people are posting these on their cars. And, and this preacher got up here and he said, I said, I don't know what all this 13.1 is. But he said, I certainly hope it means 1 Corinthians 13.1. And I thought, well, no, that's not what it means, but it's a, but it's a, that's a good way to look at it, I guess. You know, that love chapter there. And so he said, I, I hope that's what it means. And I thought, no, it's not that, but you know, some people, they put 13.1. Other people are a little more messed up. They put 26 point something or somebody puts 100 point something on there. Can I tell you what was on my car? 0.0. Come on. Amen. I'm telling you, if you see me running, you better start because something is coming behind us, okay? You, you want to get moving because something's not good, something's not right. But uh, we have all these people posting all these things and we lose the importance. You see, for you and I, it may not be as important, but for them, there's something significant to be able to put that on there and it actually devalues them. It devalues them. I, I, I met a man uh, who came up to me and he said, you know, I, I'm Dr. So-and-so. And I, I was like, well, where did you get your doctor? And he's, he said, well, you know, I was, uh, so-and-so so told me this in, in this certain continent I was in that I was, I was now recognized as a doctor. I said, so you're claiming to be something you haven't earned. And I said, as for somebody who spent a tremendous amount of time finishing his doctor, I find that, 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 that you don't understand the importance of the validity of this, the importance of, of working hard for this. I say all that to say this. I think that what's happened is the story of David and Goliath has become so relegated to the story of the nursery. It's become so relegated to the story we tell our children that we've missed these great truths. We've missed these great things. And, and there's a problem because we've, we've relegated these truths to this, to this place that God wants us to get something so important. And last week we began to study and we began to understand that sometimes there's, uh, we, we have this mental image that we're going to step out on the battlefield and every giant we ever face is going to fall. And, and we come to church and we get all fired up. We get all excited and, and, and we, we, we take our little sling and we start putting that stone in there and we're twirling it and we're twirling it and we're standing. We're looking down that giant that we've been facing. We're looking at it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody facing giants in here? We're looking at it. We're looking at, you're going to go down. You're going to go down. We're, we're even claiming the scripture, not by my nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We're, we're claiming I come against you, not with sword and spear, but, but in the name of the Lord. We're claiming all those scriptures. And all of a sudden we let loose with our stone and it takes off. And then the enemy ducks. And now we stand here going, our giant didn't fall. Here's the problem. This is the truth we learned last week. The fight in 1 Samuel 17 is not David versus Goliath. It rather is Goliath versus God. You see, we're missing out on the fact 
that we want to be the champion. We've allowed the, the lie of the garden to sneak into the story of David and Goliath that somehow we'll become good enough to overcome our enemies. That if I just keep trying, that somehow I'll become strong enough, that I'll become better, that I'll reach this place of accomplishment and somehow I can become. Can I just go ahead and tell you, there's one thing that I used to believe that completely, that we could eventually become greater and greater and greater. But I realized it's not about me becoming greater and greater and greater. It's about me moving from glory to glory to glory in his name because I am always going to be a broken, failed person. But by the blood of the Lamb, I can become an overcomer. Why? Because if you take him and you put him alongside me and in front of me, then I can become something that I am not. I feel this this morning. You see, we've had it all wrong. The reason your giants won't fall, it's because you've had the wrong main character. You are not David. Jesus is the champion. Let me just say that again. I'm I, I just going to farm for this one for a moment. I'm going to farm for this, amen. Let me say it again. Let me just say that you are not the champion. Jesus is the champion. Jesus is the one who helps you overcome. Jesus is the one who brings your victory. You see, but this way we're going to read a little further into the passage, into the chapter, and what we're realizing is there's been another wrong perspective. We now see that Jesus is the champion, but we didn't realize where we are because we've been facing these giants that just seemingly won't go down. And when we read this story, I read to you how that, that the enemy came out and the scripture says that the Israelite army became, notice this, dismayed and terrified. Now, I know all of you use the word dismayed in your everyday vernacular. Everyone walks around and goes, how are you feeling? I'm rather dismayed. <laughs> I don't know that many of us use the word dismayed in day to day. We don't use this phrase, but what does it mean to be dismayed? To be dismayed means that something, watch this, listen to me, triggers your distress. Dismay means there's something that sets you off. When the phone goes off, if you get sick to your stomach, you understand dismay. Should be a whole generation of young people going, yeah, I don't like to talk on the phone. Come on, amen. When the, when the, uh, uh, you, uh, hear something, I don't know where this came from. Every time you go to the mailbox, you should not become dismayed. It should not cause you to be distressed. Every time you see that person at Walmart that you, you wish you had never had to run into again, come on now, it leaves you dismayed because it puts you off kilter. It makes you step back. It makes you lose your footing. It makes you lose your place. And you end up, my God, I feel the Holy Spirit for somebody, as I'm preaching to somebody. It is not God's will for his children to live in a constant place of being distressed. Because distress then led way to them being terrified. And being terrified by definition is to be paralyzed in fear. So the enemy, the giant, of your life wants to knock you back, get you off balance so that you can't move forward in your life. Because he understands if he can keep you hiding in the same rut on that side of the battlefield, you'll never learn the victory of meeting him in the middle of the battlefield. You see, the enemy understands something that you don't understand yet. The enemy has already been defeated. The enemy has already received his defeat when Jesus Christ became our champion. But what he's trying to do is to get you off of kilter, somewhere hiding. My God, I feel this this morning. Hiding back here in distress, going, 
I just can't deal with this. I just can't function. I just got to go crawl in a hole. Let me get my phone out and lose myself in the internet for a few hours. Oh, I ain't preaching hypo- hypocrisy. I have realized that every time my wife wants to watch one of those, 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 those suspenseful movies, when it gets to the point that you're trying to figure out who killed who, I pull out my phone and I just kind of, mm. Why? Because I've learned that's how I handle the tension of the moment. I, words of friends, here I come. All right, you know what I'm saying? That's where I end up. Why? I've learned the distress of that moment. I've learned that if it gets me off uh, off of center, and if I get off center, then I end up staying where I am. I have not come this morning to preach to you that you have to back up and retreat. I have come to preach to you this morning that there is a champion. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is calling you out onto the battlefield so that you can become a victorious warrior. Amen. Pastor Don, why are you so fired up? Well, I guess I've been preaching revivals and camp meetings all week, and I just can't get it out of that gear this morning. But I feel it down in my soul. I feel it in my spirit. Then we are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony this morning. Amen. But the problem is this. For 40 days, say 40 days. 40 days, Goliath has been coming out every single morning taunting them, saying, oh, where's your champion? Where's the one that's going to deliver you? Where's your champion? See, listen to me. I didn't give this to any other service, but I feel like I need to say it in this service. You need to get what I'm about to say of the Holy Spirit. The enemy is taunting you, saying, where's your champion? Where's your champion? I thought God was on your side. How come you're still struggling? How come you're still sick? How come you're still going through a battle? Can I tell you the reason why we're still going under instead of coming over is because we're somewhere backed up, hiding in a hole, just like Saul and all the forces of Israel. But if we step on the battlefield like David stepped on the battlefield, God has a way. The Bible says his eyes search throughout the earth, looking for whom he might show himself strong for. God, my goodness, God has a way of looking to say, I see you on the battlefield. I'm on to send my host. I'm going to send my armies, and you're going to win by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. That's not why you fight up, because you can win. You can overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Well, I got into you. Well, you know I yell anyways. You see, what the enemy wants you to think, now listen to me, the enemy wants you to think is that there's no hope you're going to lose. You're going to be defeated because that's the tactic of the enemy. The enemy wants you to live in such a way that you are moving. Listen to what I'm about to say because I learned, I I feel the Holy Spirit. I I learned this as a young pastor. As a young pastor, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get people into victory. And then I realized that because most people weren't going toward victory, they were just walking toward their next defeat. It's going to be eight more days until I backslide because the most I've ever made it was eight days. Some of you count. You count. You're going. You're going. But I can't have long because I've never made it this far. I, I can't overcome. I know me. I know me. I'm gonna mess up. I'm gonna. Mess, I, I'm gonna make mistakes too. But I'm not living from mistake to mistake. I am living from victory to victory. I am moving from hope to hope. I'm gonna grow in Jesus. Why? Because what I'm realizing is I've never been this far before. Why? Because God's carrying me further than I can go on my own. Amen. 
Thank y'all for not saying amen right there. I might have just lost it. You see, fear is the belief that something's out there and it's going to get you and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And so it's going to manifest in your life as a giant called anxiety. I want you to take a look at me. I'm not in shape. Don't make me preach and have to run down there and say, man. Let me say this again. Sometimes fear will manifest in anxiety, nervousness, worry. How many of you have ever worried yourself out of your sleep? Come on now. I have worried myself a lot further than the, than the actual problems. Stress, dread, hopelessness, and panic. I don't know why, but I feel like I need to add this steering wheel abuse. You let your steering your steering wheel have it the whole way there. I tell you something. <laughs> sound like a giant killer in your car. You get there, you sound like a mouth. Because fear, fear springs up in your life from a variety of sources. Perhaps you experience fear as a result of the environment in which you were raised. Some families live in such a way that they move from one struggle to another, one battle to another. They're always afraid that something's going to go wrong because it probably will go wrong. I get this. This is something we've had to deal with. I've been trying to defeat out of our life. And for years, we always said, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen to us. My child gets conjunctivitis. It's not conjunctivitis. It's rare African flesh-eating conjunctivitis. I'm literally happened. They're like, how did you get this in America? We're like, we don't know. I decided I was going to take my wife to the place she wanted to travel, got her on a cruise ship, put her on there one day, and we get out in the middle of the water, and they announce, we're not going to be able to go such and such because the propellers no longer work. First off, I'm in the water and the propellers don't work. <laughs> Secondly, I had to make up my mind right then, and, th and then I didn't win that day, but I've learned since then. You know what? I can get upset or I can realize I'm still in the Caribbean, baby. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> you see, if you're only looking at the defeat, you'll never see what God's trying to do for you. Amen. Perhaps you experience fear as a result of trying to conceal your mistakes and imperfections. I preached in that Methodist church Monday night, and when I was preaching, I tried to behave, but then after I got through preaching, the, the pastor just got up and flat out misbehaved. And these were his words. I preached on when sin has your number and what you're trying to hide. After I preached, he stood up and he said, I have lived in terror in this church. He said, I have been worried that somebody would walk through the back door of this building and tell you that you don't really know who I am. They would tell you my story, 27 years an alcoholic. The struggles and problems that I had caused, he said. He said, but tonight I made up my mind. Sin does not have my number anymore. He said, 
He said, God set me free and brought me to be your pastor, delivered me, called me, and chose me. And he said, I've been worried that you're going to find out who really I am. He said, I'm just going to bring it into the light so you know who I am. Because watch this. See, some of you are so afraid that who you were is going to get pulled into the light that it's growing in the darkness and you're feeding it, trying to keep it in the darkness. But God sent me with a word to tell you this morning. Stop being afraid that people are going to find out you're broken. They already know you're broken. But pull it into the light and let the light of Jesus Christ wash away your every sin. Let you be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I said, I failed. Yes, get it. Well, guess what? We all failed. But his grace is sufficient for us. Why? Because he never failed. He never faltered. And he's always right on time. Amen. I'm trying to behave. Maybe you struggle with fear because you can't let anything lead because you're trying to control your whole life. You realize that most things are out of control, so you're strangling what you can. The giant of fear can get a, hold, a foothold in your life and begin to dominate you. It can demoralize you and ultimately diminish God's glory in your life. It can chew away at your life, erode your sense of confidence, rob you of your sleep, blind you, and steal your praise to God. Let me just say this. Fear is a relentless giant, and it is one that must fall. Through the power of Jesus Christ. The solution to facing the giant of fear is not determination, but faith in Jesus. Now, I have a unique perspective on a champion. A unique perspective. Josh Anderson, could you, would you, would you help me here just a second? A unique perspective on a champion. Now, Josh is a great man here. He's going, Josh is going to be Jesus for a minute. Jesus with his fishing hat and glasses. Come on, amen. Turn around and be Jesus to this congregation. There you go. All right. Now, I'm just going to tell you to understand the concept of champion that I have. Is my big brother, he, he was my champion, whether I realized him or still is. But my big brother, did anybody, anybody ever have a big brother that thought it was their calling in life to beat you on a daily basis? Somebody's like, Really? Yes. It, he, he just said, sometimes he said, I just, I just had a look on my face that needed to be taken off. <laughs> but I'll never forget on the school bus, my mouth would get me in trouble. I know that none of you have ever been there. But my mouth would get me in trouble, and somebody would want to take, take out their frustration on me, but my big brother would always make this statement. He'd say, no, 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 nobody beats him but me. Some of you going, where are you going with this? Those the Lord loves, he chastens. But it ain't nobody's business to try to clean you up with Jesus's. But you see, when my big brother would step in the champion spot, I'd be back there like, keep talking. <laughs> because he was bigger. He was stronger. And he was meaner. I was just, my mama said, a couple, why am I having to tell them this? A couple times I'd be like, mama, he hit me. She said, if you'd shut up, he wouldn't have hit you. Come on, amen. <laughs> I'd be like, what'd you say? Because my champion was standing there. Now listen to me. 
The solution to getting your champions to fall, I mean, your, your giants to fall, is having your champion in front of you. See, most of us, though, we do it like this. We're like, mm, I got this, Jesus. I'm David today. But that's not the way it works. I can't do it without the Lord. I can't overcome in my own strength. I can't find forgiveness on my own. Oh, I feel it today. I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my soul. You see, what happens is this, is when I begin to remember who he is, and I did it this week after preaching last week. I, I was facing some giants this week, and I said, I'm hiding behind you, Jesus. I'm hiding behind you, Jesus. I need my champion to arise. I need my champion to step up. And some of you are going, well, I just don't like hiding. Well, let me just explain to you what you're supposed to be doing in your hiding. You're quoting the word to him in prayer. You're reminding him. Some of you go, well, I just don't. I don't know if I believe in that. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I have faith that my God's going to help me overcome. My faith is in the fact that he is bigger. Listen to me. The word allows you to see that he is bigger than your giant. And I get over here and I start reminding myself of his promises. Now listen to me. Just stay right there for just a moment, Jessica. I want you to see this. I remind myself of God's promises. I get behind him. And as I begin to declare that the word of God says, with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. I begin to remember that Hebrews 13, 5 says that Jesus has promised that he would never leave me nor forsake me. That means that even when I dug the ditch myself, he still steps in and steps up and protects me and guards me and delivers me. Come on now. I remember 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7 that says that he cares for me so I can cast my cares on him, that I don't have to carry it any further. Why? Because I got a champion who can handle it all. Come on. Hallelujah. I got Lamentations 3.22 that says, His mercy endures forever, and he will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm here thankful for a Jesus who's always able, always faithful, always good. He's been there right on time. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a praise like he deserves. I don't know where I am in this sermon. Well, I don't know who said it, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I have a champion. And I'm running behind him. And sometimes I am where I am because I ran my mouth and got myself there. But he steps in and says, that's my boy. That's my child. He's faithful. He's just. And he's God. Listen to me. When I begin to remember the word, that he is my champion, I remember that fear, when it meets the champion, will be relegated to its proper place. I don't know who needs to get this, but th this was not my original sermon. I preached it in all three services, but it was not my original plan. The Bible says that the Philistines had invaded all the way to the Valley of Elah. And Elah is in Judah. 
The Philistines had invaded all the way to where? Judah. Where? Judah always means praise. Judah always means what? Praise. Because the enemy understood that if he can shut down your praise, he'll stop you from connecting to the power of the champion. You're going, are you acting like God just wants our praise? He created you for it. That when I step up, and I maybe feel like Job who said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I can find a praise even in my darkest moments. Because the enemy's trying to relegate me to hiding. I meet on the battlefield and say, you don't understand who my champion is. He is good. What are you going to do with that giant? I'm going to put that giant in his hands. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Somebody needs to get what I'm about to say to you. I want to put the giant in his hands. And I'm going to do what my hands are supposed to do. And I'm going to lift him in praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because he's good. And his mercy endures forever. Come on, join us. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand under fear. Every battle you won, I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence, I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has You are my champion. Come on. Giants falling. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Every battle you won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated. The power by the power of your name, I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated. Listen to me a minute. I, I, this is different than we've done. Just keep your hands up if they're worshiping. Keep them up. Keep them up. The taunts of the enemy have been loud. He's screaming at some of you now. Don't believe the word of the Lord. Do believe the word of the Lord. Believe the promises of God. But I want you to put your voice in this con in this concert, as it were, for a moment. In this choir, as it were, for a moment. I want you to put your voice. In other words, what I mean by concert and choir is that you're not singing alone. We're singing together. We're singing in unison. And I want you to lift up your voice with everything that's in you. And I want you to declare that he is your champion this morning. Come on. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle Come on, you tell him, tell him, tell him. I am, I am who you say I am. Jesus. You crown me with confidence. I am seated 
Yet in the heavenly place, undefeated by the power, by the power of your name, I am seated. In the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Jesus, you see right where we are. You see us in all of our arrogance that we have seen ourselves as our own champions. Forgive us, oh God. Somebody needs to join me. I'm not waiting on you to equip me to overcome. I am wanting to walk in what you have already overcome. I want to walk in the deliverance that you've already won. I want the grace that you've already given. I want the redemption that you have already paid the price for. Lord, there's a work that was finished on Calvary that wants to manifest in our lives, God. You, you are our champion. You are our deliverer. You are our ever-present help in our day of trouble. For you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Who be honest with me and say, Pastor, I need some champions to fall. Can I see your hands? I mean some giants to fall. I need some giants to fall. Holy Ghost of the living God, you see... You see the enemy's champions, the enemy's giants that have come against us. We right now, Lord, ask you to manifest yourself in our lives. Where there is addiction, let it be broken. Where there are struggles, let there be healing. Let there be deliverance. Where there is disease, let that disease die and let life spring up inside of their bodies. God, I thank you that what we cannot do, what we cannot overcome, you will overcome because you have already overcome the world. You have already won. And now we are seated, Lord, not shall be, but we are seated with you in heavenly places by the blood and the power of the Lamb. And we declare that Jesus is our champion. I wish somebody to help me. We declare that Jesus is our champion. One more time. We declare that Jesus is our champion. Come on, give him a praise. I feel it. Breaking bondage is breaking struggles. Hallelujah by the anointing of God. Jesus is our champion. Jesus is our champion. Oh, Holy Ghost. Come on, I believe God's doing something right here for just a moment. Pastor Don, you, do you want us to wait? I want you just to respect what the Holy Spirit's doing for just a moment. Come on, sing in just a minute more. Chains fall, fear by I need somebody to shake it off. Come on. Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus, you change everything. Lives here. Hope found here. Now, Jesus, you If God calling you to, to something of deliverance this morning, come on. Come on, if God calling you to something this morning, hallelujah, people just come and find that freedom. Come on, come on right now in the name of Jesus. Freedom by the authority of Jesus Christ. Victory by the authority of Jesus Christ. Right now by the authority. In the name of Jesus.
on, you can do it. Come on, come on, create the atmosphere. Chains fall. Come on. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. Change everything. Yes. Jesus, you change everything. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Come on, come on. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Come on. Come on, sing it while it may be found. Sing it while it may be found. Yes, come on, come on, come on. Let me have some prayer warriors over here. Show us your glory. Yes, come on. Show us your glory. Yes, yes. Come on, come on. Show us your glory. It's 
just you. It's just you. Cause when the glory's in the room, nothing else is near. When the glory's in the room, nothing else is near. Come on, seek him, seek him, seek him. Glory's in the room, nothing else is near. It's just you. toward heaven. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing. I thank you for what manifests here, what manifests on each campus that's watching, Father. I thank you for what's manifesting in the, the different environments, the Lord, around the world right now. Let the glory of the Lord descend. Let the glory of the Lord fall in those places. May your presence be upon them. Lord, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you are here your mercy endures forever thank you lord thank you lord thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah listen they're going to sing a moment more as they sing a moment more i just want you to know that the lord is good that's today's word from pastor don allen to help you get real with god fall in love with him all over again and live out your destiny now to learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at warhill join us online at warhill.com then join us in worship at one of our north georgia locations service times are sundays at 8 15 9 30 and 11 a.m where you will find real love now